Greetings, it's Terry with Cottage in the Court. I hope you've had a week of reflection uh, and a week of soul searching to see where you stand in accordance to the current events of the day. I wanted to share with you uh, something that I think everyone should kind of tune into. A friend of mine, Katie Dubow, Garden Media Group, Host a show every day about one o'clock. Let me tell you, it's the best lunch hour ever. Katie brings people to the forefront that you just might want to know. This week, Katie celebrated women in horticulture. And it was just music to my ears when on day one, she spoke with a very dear friend of mine, Jennifer Jewell. If you've not read Jennifer Jewell's book, The Earth in Her Hands, 75 Extraordinary Women Working in the World of Plants, head on over to my blog. There's a link in the notes and you can read my review of her book. It is truly a manifesto that lets all of us girls know we can do this. This is our world. We can handle it. We are awesome in horticulture. Grow with Katie Dubow is on Facebook. Uh, it's Facebook Live, and there are recordings, so you can go back and listen to the episodes that you missed and uh, become part of Katie's fan club, because I am. It's the best lunch hour ever. I just can't say that enough. Also, it was a joy to talk to someone else that I call friend from New Zealand, of all places. I had the pleasure of speaking with Barbara Wheeler of the Dunedin Botanic Gardens in New Zealand. Barbara is a Longwood Fellow and she's a 30-year world traveler. She is dedicated to this earth of ours and she is passionate about her profession. Let's hear Barbara's take on survival, resilience, and opportunities in horticulture. Well, good morning, Barbara. How are you today? I'm great and happy Memorial Day, Terry. It's, this is, I'm not sh sure. I've been in America since, well, nearly a year now. And I'm still getting used to less public holidays than we have in New Zealand and and your Memorial Days, which are great. They, oh. they pop up at various places. Are you going to do anything special today? Uh, no, I think I'm going to do a little bit of work. Um, I'm working on a presentation for Longwood Gardens, their online presence. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll do a little bit of that. But I'm, we, I think we're having a cookout tonight, actually, Terry. Nice, nice. Oh, and you we call that a barbecue, but um, I'm getting used to cook out, although I understand some people in America call it barbecue as well. So. Right, right. Yeah, we're going to have a lovely cookout and um, burgers and buns and all the, all the trimmings. All the nice. Things, as, I, as I hear you say down south. <laughs> so uh, do they have uh, burgers and, and hot dogs in New Zealand? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have barbecues with burgers and hot dogs and so forth. But it's just, you know, little things are different um, between the countries. 
I think. Um, the food is the same, but maybe the traditions are slightly different or, um, you know, and, and at this time for Memorial Day now with this cookout, of course, there's only going to be our bubble, mm -hmm. us and our bubble. So there's only going to be three of us, whereas I guess in, in the States and back home, you'd normally have a load of friends and family. So yeah, there are, there are a few differences, but yeah. we're, we're going to have a great time, Terry. Well, uh, you know, uh, when people gather, a great time is always had. It doesn't matter the number, especially here in the United States. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. what season is it in New Zealand right now? Well, it's, it's, it's autumn or fall, as you would say here, uh, coming into winter. So winter hits in June, but it's the autumn leaves are falling in New Zealand at the minute, or mostly have fallen. Temperatures are starting to dip in some parts but New Zealand's very it, it's it's I guess it's got multiple climates it's a little bit like America but our, our climate zones are a lot smaller because the country's smaller and the, and it's governed by the ocean because it's an island a small series of islands mm -hmm. uh, so up in the north of the North Island it's still relatively mild a little bit like your south Mm -hmm. And then down south, which is like your north, that's colder. Oh, wow. Mm. Have you had a chance to go down south since you've been here? Uh, yeah, I have. I, I went down to, with some of the other fellows, to uh, North Carolina, and we went to Savannah and Charleston. Oh. I remember, yeah. We had a great time. <laughs> I was going to say, what, now, where did you go in Charleston? Mm. Oh, my gosh. We, in Charleston, we did a lot of walking around the streets because Charleston's one of those places where you could walk around forever uh, and just look at the houses, let alone the plants. You know, it's just beautiful. Um, and just walking along the coast and having some good food and good good drink and and having a laugh with the other with the others that I was traveling with so we had a great time but I actually loved Savannah a lot more I love Savannah because it had those little little pocket squares the green squares throughout yeah. Savannah which uh -huh. I absolutely loved and I just and I loved the cobblestone street down at the waterfront it's just a beautiful place and and I love the accent of people down south it's, <laughs> And and you're you're more laid back and relaxed. It's a little bit like our south, you know. The people in our south are generally a little bit more relaxed and laid back than the people that are in the rat race up in the north. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I really uh, enjoyed it. Is there a place in New Zealand that uh, is similar to Savannah? Mm, I couldn't. No, I couldn't tell you actually. It's because Savannah's very, no, actually I could tell you, no. I would say no. Savannah's interesting because it's got all that, all the Spanish moss through the trees, mm -hmm. which is very, it's very cool. And I guess if you go into some of our New Zealand forests, you'll get that feeling because we have mosses hanging down from the trees, particularly on the west coast of the South Island where mm -hmm. it's more sort of a, temperate rainforest, then you get that feeling of savannah. Mm -hmm. But of course, that's in the middle of the forest, so uh, not in a built-up area. So right. savannah is just something I've, yeah, I've never seen the like of before. It's very cool. 
Well, I'm glad we impressed you with our South. <laughs> yeah, I love the South. And, and I've been to Virginia a couple of times. Uh -huh. um, and I'm not sure if, if that's considered South. Is Virginia South? Oh, yeah, it's still South. Mm -hmm. It is. It's still South, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's just beautiful. It's lovely, beautiful country. And the thing that, that never fails to amaze me about traveling in the U.S. is you're traveling down an interstate say in a state 95 or whatever, and then you go two minutes off the interstate and you're in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. you know? But you've got these monstrous highways that, yeah. that travel and bisect the, yeah. the states. And it's just incredible. Coming from New Zealand, where we have, quite frankly, very few roads compared to you guys, um, it's always a treat to travel along your interstates and then go off and find that you're in this amazing countryside. Oh, wow. Mm. So what what called you to horticulture? Oh, mm. basically it's really, it was a really simple decision for me. It, I wanted to work outside, that, that was it. And mm. there was, I, I think, you know, when I reflect back, when I was young, I used to visit my granddad's house Mm -hmm. uh, he had a beautiful garden and he had, I remember he had a, a nice plateau of grass with roses growing around. And then you'd dip down into a gully where he had native New Zealand plants as part of like a, a ferny bushland. And I really loved that. And I think that had, and he was a gardener too. He, he did it professionally for a hospital in Dunedin and where I live. And but he didn't, he died when I was very young, so he didn't get to see what I, what I did, basically followed in his footsteps. And then, you know, I did some gardening for, for dad when we were growing up. I used to mow the lawns and, and weed his rose beds. And then um, I just sort of left school and thought, I don't want to go to university. What do I want to do? I want to work outside. And that's, I drifted into horticulture and and loved it. I just became obsessed and, and loved learning about the natural world, loved learning about plants, loved cultivating them, loved the people within horticulture. And then, of course, you know, uh, once I started, I learned that you can travel the world with horticulture. And that's basically what I've spent the last 30 years doing. Oh, it's, wow. been, it's been a real ride. I've, I've so loved it. Now, what places have you been? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I mean, I haven't been... A, a, you, I've been a few places, but not as many as some. But I, I, when I was, um, I was a qualified gardener, I came to the US mm -hmm. and spent a year here at Longwood Gardens in the mid-1990s mm -hmm. and did the International Gardener Program. Yeah. And spent a year here just learning, working with the garden staff, uh, learning and being inspired by um, American horticulture and 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 the gardens, uh, both Longwood and all the other gardens in this area. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, a, a few years later, uh, in 1998, I travelled over to the UK and worked at the Royal Hort Society Gardens at Wisley. Oh my! Uh, yeah. And I spent two years there uh, doing their diploma in horticulture 
uh, working four days a week in the garden and a day doing college studies towards mm -hmm. that diploma. Uh, and as part of that course, I got to travel to, to see gardens of France and gardens in Belgium and also got to spend mm, two weeks down on the Isle, in the Isles of Scilly on Tresco Abbey, at Tresco Abbey Garden. Have oh, you heard man. of Tresco? Yes. It's a Oh, I spent two weeks there working um, on a work exchange and then also spent three weeks in Israel on a study exchange, uh, study trip, learning about the flora of Israel and traveled all around north to south uh, through Israel um, and got to experience an amazing country full of amazing people um, yeah. and just incredible climates, incredible plants. Uh, and really loved that. And then I spent a year in Australia, um, in Sydney, working at uh, a residence, at a, um, the Governor-General's residence in, a, in Sydney, right on the shores of the Sydney Harbour. So yeah. when you're standing in the garden, you're seeing the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Sydney Opera House right in front of you. And, oh. and you're gardening in this incredible climate that um, bromeliads grow outside and where I'm from bromeliads definitely don't grow outside uh, so yeah I've done um, you know that's the beauty of horticulture it can take you you know once you start into it and get really passionate about it right. you can just travel the world and there are experiences that that gardens offer you to learn and train, like Longwood, like Wisley in the UK, but many, many others. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just tapping into that. And once you get started, you get the bug and I've never stopped. And hence I'm here again at Longwood this year. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, did you ever think you'd be back at Longwood? Never. <laughs> I thought An I'd be back to visit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd be back to, to actually undertake a, a program, a study program. So that's been really interesting. That's been like, um, oh, it's been really, it's, it's been mind blowing and, and I still pinch myself. I think that, that I'm nearly at the end of the fellows program. Mm -hmm. um, it's been magical really being back. You know, how often do you get those opportunities to revisit somewhere that you, you were 25 mm -hmm. years ago? Um, it's just been incredible. But no, I never thought, Terry, I'd be back here at all. When you, um, since you're revisiting uh, and it is a public garden, what is your impression of public gardens today? Around the world, since you've been around the world in public gardens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I guess the big thing about public gardens today is, is with everything it's changed with, with COVID-19 and um, but, you know, the thing about public gardens is that they've, they've survived through a lot of things that have happened in this world. You know, some gardens I know um, have been around for 350 years. Um, mm -hmm. The garden back home in New Zealand that I work at, Dunedin Botanic Garden, that's 157 years old. You know, they, they're resilient. They survived these sorts of, um, these sorts of events. Um, and I think... The people within public gardens that work within public gardens are very resilient themselves. You know, mm -hmm. they work with plants, they have to, they cultivate plants for years and then the plant will up and die and, 
you know, after a period of grieving, you know, I'm sure you you and your own garden would grieve the death of a plant you've been cultivating for 20 years and oh, it yeah. and dies. <laughs> yeah. And you have that moment where you're like, oh, that's really sad and I've got to <laughs> remove this plant. But then the next thought is, I know I've got something perfect for that spot. And you look at opportunity. So public gardens, I think that, you know, I guess they're in a really hard spot currently. A lot of them, especially the not-for-profit gardens that haven't got a lot of resources uh, at this time to sort of fall back on are really going to struggle worldwide. Mm -hmm. uh, but they are so crucial. They're places of such beauty and, and that health and well-being factor of gardens can never be underestimated. Exactly. And at this time, that's what people need, you know? Mm. They really need, when I go into a garden, um, I just connect, if I'm stressed or if, if work's getting on top of me, I go into a garden and do photography and there's, it, just, it just calms me. And that's what it does for, for a lot of people. Yeah. And even, not even gardens, even just our, our landscapes, our, our urban landscapes when you mm -hmm. walk into cities and, you know, you've got small plantings or a tree here or a tree there. I think the, you know, the starkest thing that you can do is show people what what their city would look like without plants mm -hmm. because that shows them the power and the beauty that plants have in, right. in our cities. Right. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, public gardens moving forward are resilient. I fear for some in the US that, that are not, uh, haven't got those resources. So if you are near a public garden, offer your support, even if it's a little email to say, you know, hey, I'm thinking of you at this time and you guys do a great job, you know. Um, but if you can volunteer or offer some support, that will be awesome. But, uh, you know, we're resilient and we'll move on from it. Yeah, that we will. Now, when you go back to, uh, back home, where will you be working? I will be working back at Dunedin Botanic Garden. I'm, I'm on sabbatical from, from my role in Dunedin. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I work as operations manager in, mm -hmm. in Dunedin Botanics. And Dunedin's a, a 76 acre garden, 28 hectare garden. So mm -hmm. uh, much smaller than, than Longwa Gardens. Mm -hmm. uh, I think um, our, our plant range though is quite different. It's, it's where our climate in Dunedin is very, very different to the climate here. Uh, we don't have the extremes of climate. Our, our range is less. So we don't get your, the, the heat of your summers. We get no humidity in Dunedin. We're coastal. And also in winter, we, we get down to, gosh, I'm going to try and convert here to Fahrenheit. We get down to maybe below 20s. Fahrenheit at worst. Oh wow! We we don't get any any worse than that, mm -hmm. and that's on a that's in a really hard winter. Yeah. Um. So our our ranges are smaller, so we can grow a, a far wider diversity of plants. Um. And in Dunedin Botanic Garden, we can grow plants from South Africa, Australia, uh, met the Mediterranean countries. Wow. Uh, as well as uh, all the European and North American plants that you can think of. 
um, mm. we can grow plants from Mexico. Not everything, you know, but we can grow some. Mm -hmm. uh, so, our, you know, the diversity of our garden is, is huge and we're very lucky uh, with that climate. Mm -hmm. Well, so what do you think about the humidity in the United States? Oh, no, Terry, no, 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 I can't bear it. <laughs> I cannot bear it. I struggle with humidity. I really do. Humidity makes you homesick, huh? <laughs> oh, it does make me homesick. And, and you know, Terry, I was in Chicago for field placement. Um, as part of our program, we go on field placement. And I, I chose Chicago. And most people in the US said, why did you choose Chicago to go there in February and March? And I'm like, I don't mind the cold. I really don't. Terry, I, there ain't cold like Chicago. I tell you, that was cold. And that wasn't even a cold year, they told me up there. They said oh, that wow. Was cold <laughs> but I can cope with the cold because what you can do is you can put more clothes on. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. with the heat, you can only take so many off. Right. And then add so. humidity to that. That's insulting. <laughs> And I'm from here. <laughs> yeah, humidity, you can't do it. How do you cope with humidity? I guess you grow up in it. You, you, you grow up in it and you learn when to garden, like early in the morning and after four o'clock. And the uh, midday, you read a good book. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, That's the trick. As a child, I could be outside in the middle of the day, but, you know, as I have become more seasoned, that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Usually by yeah. noon, I'm in until about four, you know. Yeah. And then the temperature is more moderate during those early morning and then the early evening hours. Yeah. So that, that's how I deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, oh, carry on. Oh, no. If, if you were to leave some good words for the people that are beginning to garden, because right now we're on this victory garden craze where everyone, because of this uh, unintentional period of pausing, everyone wants to get outside and garden right now. Mm -hmm. What advice would you tell someone that's new to gardening? And what advice would you tell someone that's a seasoned gardener? Mm. Someone that's new to garden gardening, I always say, don't, don't concern yourself with failure. Because when you're learning to garden, you're bound to kill a plant. I mean, no matter how green your thumb is, I've killed many plants in my life. You know, I, at trial and error, as you try to grow things, you always try to grow things that might not quite work in your, your climate or your soil. So I'd say don't be afraid of the failures. Don't mm. give up because you've killed something, um, mm. killed a plant. Uh, it's okay. We all do it. Uh, just just keep going uh, and and do do a little bit of research find out what soil you've got in your garden know your climate and that way you can pick the right plant for your garden but but overall just don't be scared of failing in the garden because it's all learning yeah. and for seasoned gardeners hmm that's a good question I'd say just carry on, you know, that saying, just carry on, keep gardening. Just do it, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's such an enjoyable thing. And, and especially at this time where you kind of, 
you know, many people are stuck at home, working from home 24-7. And, and the beauty, I know back home, um, people have said, because New Zealand was under lockdown for many, many weeks, for probably six weeks, mm-hmm. where people couldn't go out um, and only for essential. And police were, were enforcing that very oh, wow. from here. Uh, so my dad, who's over 70, couldn't go out at all. He was in the over 70 category where they were not allowed out. They could go out for short walks, but they weren't allowed to go to the grocery store. Um, and police were there checking their ages and, and warning them if they if they were over 70. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people were kind of cooped up in their house and um, and they said that never before have they seen so many gardens and so many houses looking so pristine. <laughs> people had so much time to do their garden and to get onto the house. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think it's the same same here. Mm-hmm. People just um, getting out into the garden, and and you guys in America have so much grass to cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen the like of it. Like. Um, it, it always makes me laugh. Everyone in America, I'm sure, has a ride-on mower. Is that correct? <laughs> There's a lot to do, yes. <laughs> There's a lot. And I, it's probably because I'm in Pennsylvania and, and there's a lot of, there's, you know, mm-hmm. houses with a lot of grass around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this magical line that exists between one property and the other where this person mows that grass and the next person, the neighbour mows that grass and it makes me laugh so much and I see them every Saturday and Sunday out with their ride on mowers and so people have got a lot of grass to mow over here, much more than back home. Well, you would, if you're here long enough or if you come back to visit, I, when I bought my house, uh, I live in a court, I got rid of all my turf, I have no turf because I too think that that is sheerly a waste of time. You could be gardening. Yeah, it's a waste of resource. It's just like, why sit on a ride on mower all weekend? And and I know I know a lot of people love that action of mowing. It's very cathartic. It's very sort of soothing to hop on your ride on mower, but you're you're belching out fumes and right. and I'd rather be changing that that lawn into a wildflower meadow or just allowing it to go to grass. And exactly. I have my own little personal mixed, I call it my own personal mixed English garden in the front. It's all flowers. There really, there's no turf. And you can tell like my neighbors, turf, then it's cherries, floral paradise. And then my other neighbor, turf. It's like, get with the program, people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I bet you've got all the pollinating insects at your house and all the wildlife. You and betcha. the other gardens either side are nothing. That's right. That's yeah. right. Or they have the pristine lawn with the linear, because, you know, it's got to have those lines in it. Yeah. Craziness. And yeah. then they'll have the nicely shaped evergreen shrubs. It's like, no. I didn't grow up with that. My When I grew up, uh, we had hydrangeas in the front yard, and we had a little piece of grass. When we moved to Maryland, I helped my dad turn probably – probably three-fourths of the yard into some type of a floral madness, and then yeah. there was turf. But he had a push mower, um, 
even though he's not here, 85 years old, he was going to town with that push mower. And that was fine. But I came over and helped him in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Do you help your dad in the garden now? Yeah, uh, no, not so much because I'm, I'm pretty busy at work and, and I've got my own home garden. I've got a really big home garden back home. Oh. Uh, overlooks, uh, it's on a, it's a coastal area, overlooks our, our harbour. Uh -huh. It's just beautiful. And um, so I advise dad is the words. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I advise them. I, I give them, I give them um, names of people that garden around our city that can uh -huh. give good rates and, and let them know. And he tells them that uh, his daughter is uh, someone in the know. And so they have <laughs> to do his garden properly. So, yeah. In other words, <laughs> don't mess up, right? Yeah, yeah, don't mess up. My daughter is, uh -huh. is number two at the Botanic Garden, so you oh. better not mess up. <laughs> it must so, be yeah. a good feeling to be a woman in horticulture and have a, a, a really leading role in keeping a botanic garden in shape. Yeah, it's funny, Terry. It, it's something I never thought about until this year, um, mm -hmm. really. I, I just got into horticulture. I was lucky at our botanic garden, historically Dunedin Botanic Garden back in the 1920s. The, the curator then was very forward thinking and he, his name was David Tannock. And David mm -hmm. Tannock employed, was the first uh, curator in New Zealand to employ females in horticulture. And he had six, I think six females called the Tannock Girls. Mm -hmm. and, um, and right through its history from that point on, it's always been an employer that has always had females. And, and to this day, there's still a lot of females that either come through in their training or, or curate the collections. Um, but I'm the first female operations manager, which is pretty cool. Um, and it is, I guess, when I reflect now on it, it's, it is very cool to be in a leading role um, and, and just showing others that diversity in our gardens is really important and it matters. And it doesn't matter who you are, what matters is what's in your heart, what's your passion. And my passion is for, for public gardens and horticulture. Um, and if that's your passion, then follow it and get into horticulture. Um, and if I can show other females or, or other, other people that that's cool and that's okay, and they feel inspired to come into the industry, then I'm a happy person because our industry needs passionate people that just really love to work outside and love plants. And you know, Terry, when I started in horticulture, as I said, I wanted to work outside. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, there was nothing. And even at the end of my apprenticeship, three <laughs> years, I just wanted to be a collection curator, uh, not just, I wanted to be a collection curator and just uh, over uh, manage a, a collection of plants within a botanic garden. Mm -hmm. Never in a million years did I dream I'd be operational manager at a, at a at a botanic garden. 
never did I dream that I'd be undertaking a leadership fellows program at Longwood Gardens. Mm -hmm. Never did I think I would have been to the countries that I've been. You know, that's not how I started in horticulture and that's, it's just evolved. And, and what I've done is take opportunities. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen opportunities, I've sought them, I've taken them. And that, that I think is key to where I've got to now is, is I haven't been afraid to step into the unknown and take some opportunities. And um, that's exciting, that makes it exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can hear the excitement in your voice. Passionate plant people, I, you know, you can always tell when you meet one and you're one of yeah. those passionate plants people. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And, and it inspires me every day and I'm inspired to go back home and, and take what I've learned from, from Longwood, from the, from the program, from the fellows program, mm -hmm. and, and just take my, my leadership to, to another level. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm excited to, to have more involvement at a national level in New Zealand to, to lead in horticulture. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and really just, it's all about stewardship for me. It's about leaving, knowing that I've been a responsible leader and a responsible manager for our public gardens, because our public gardens, of course, live beyond us. Yeah. So yeah. we always have to be responsible stewards in our, in our spaces. Right. And that's really important. And that's important. And that's why Longwood have invested in the fellows program because they know that that's really important for the industry and that's why they're investing in this leadership program. So I'm really excited to go back home and now I've got this entire American family that I love so much and, and, and New Zealand's gonna see a little spike in, in, in Americans coming to New Zealand once, uh, once our country opens up to international tourism. Uh, that's gonna be exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, it's on my list of places I, that I need to go. Yeah, I was just going to say, Terry, I hope you're one of them because it's going to be so exciting to show you, show you our, our amazing country and, and our amazing gardens that we have over there. They're completely different to here, as I said, and, and our native plants are very different to here. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Well, I look forward to meeting you. Um, I, I don't know if I'll see you before you leave, but... Uh, if not, I will stay in touch. And yes. uh, New Zealand is on my list of places to visit, and I will make sure that I reach out to you, okay? Oh, definitely. I can't wait, Terry. Oh. You'll, you'll have the red carpet treatment in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for having coffee with me this morning, and you have a great Memorial Day, okay? Yeah, you too, Terry. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Well, let me tell you, I cannot wait until I save up my money and take that trip to New Zealand. I understand the gardens are awesome. And who wouldn't want the red carpet treatment from Barbara Wheeler? I can't wait to see you, Barbara. Thank you for having coffee with me. I wanted to remind you guys to take a few moments, try to listen to Grow with Katie Jubal. It's a Facebook Live uh, presentation every day about 1 o'clock, Monday through Friday at least. I wanted to share with you a few words in parting. 
Since Katie is celebrating Women in Horticulture Week, I thought this was very meaningful. Horticultural passions are peculiar things. A mild interest in that plant or another can suddenly flame into something more nearly describable as an obsession. These are the words of Alan Lucy. Make horticulture your passion. Break into the ground, break into the industry, break into the field that you love with such force that you know when you get to where you want to be that you've earned it. Don't let anyone tell you because you're a woman or because of the color of your skin or because of your skill set that you can't do something. Just get out there and do it and enjoy it. Whatever it is you choose to do, get out there and do it and enjoy it. Until next time, this is Terry, Cottage in the Court. Follow me, cottageinthecourt.com, Cottage in the Court on Facebook, Cottage in Court on Instagram, and on Twitter. Happy gardening!